this is the Snatched Podcast. My name's Wes, and my pronouns are he, him, and they. The podcast is intended to entertain and educate the community on issues and topics revolving around HIV and people living with HIV. Our goal is to normalize talking about HIV, educate in the areas of HIV care and prevention, as well as empower those living with HIV that there is life after diagnosis. Everyone at Vivant Health is committed to preventing the spread of HIV and getting those living with HIV the correct care. Today's podcast is going to be structured a little bit differently. Today we're just having a conversation with a community member who is passionate about the work that we're doing, is an activist, very, very involved within the community, passionate about people being successful in the community. So I'm just going to jump right into it. So without further ado, please make some noise for the one and only Chastity Valentino. Now, Chastity, tell me a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Tell me about, I've, I've known you for years, but you know, our audience may not. So tell me about yourself. Hi, I'm Chastity Valentino. I am 29. I have been performing for 10 years. I've traveled all over the country almost. Um, I'm actually doing some more traveling coming up. I'm setting up some gigs, getting ready to travel to like Arkansas, Denver, Colorado, Salt Lake City, Las Vegas, a lot of gigs that I have set up. I also am involved in pageantry and have competed in pageantry across the country. You have a couple of titles too. What are your titles? I am the reigning Royal All-American Goddess as well as I'm technically still the reigning Midwest All-American Goddess. (laughs) I also am the reigning Queen of Alton Pride. I'm the very first. They just started it this year. Congratulations. 2022. Thank you. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. We had our first Pride Festival in Alton, which is where I'm from. And it was an amazing festival. And I look forward to the growth that's going to come from it. And I I do believe Vivant was there. Yeah. Um, They were in a tent, like, right there by the stage. I remember seeing them. I'm also a dance teacher. I've been doing that for the past, like, 15 years. Yeah, and that's, like, how I met you. Because I remember when I met you, you first started doing drag. And we were um, performing at Attitudes. And I remember you were, like, you could not tell me that you didn't look like (laughs) Gabby Douglas. Yeah. I (laughs) I was really skinny back then. I used to flip and flop and everything all across the stage. Times have changed. I'm not that skinny anymore. <laughs> hey, we all grow and develop into a better version of ourselves. Yes, and I would do. say that that is very true for you. So let's not, no negative comments <laughs> oh, about weight. Oh, no, I would never want to be that skinny again, but I definitely surpassed the level of growth that I was looking for. But now I'm back on like the right page. I've recently lost 20 pounds. Congratulations. So I only have a few more to go to get back to my goal weight. So I can't wait for that. I've also been working on a few other projects. Um, I'm also a main cast member on the Mirror Mangled YouTube channel, so you cool. can catch me on there. So I didn't know you were on um, like a rotating cast for that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, there's just a few of us that are like permanent rotating like consistent. Yes. Yeah. And we, we kind of just changed the format. And so now there's like three of us instead of two of us on the show at one time. I saw that. Yeah. And it's it's a lot easier to have conversations because like if you don't necessarily have something to chime in on on the topic you can like bounce back and forth to other people instead of just one yeah. but right now um this is an exclusive we're working on setting up a 
live show with the entire cast where oh that's cool so it'll be like a live show and it'll be filmed and people uh, can like type in the moment and watch live yeah and but also there will be like tickets sold and people who will like fly in because she has over fifty six thousand followers it's no there. they have an extremely successful <laughs> yes <laughs> um youtube channel yeah and it like blew up during covid and just they just kept doing it, it and it's so cool to see yeah so hopefully we'll have like a real the view type situation oh, yeah. happening real life that you can come and see us and you'll see us in the moment without any editing that's awesome before we get into the more serious questions just like tell me a little bit about yourself what's going on what's happening how you been um for somebody who doesn't know you give me the uh, 411 on chastity valentino i am a very proud black trans woman yes I you are go by she her okay i am also a openly hiv positive person i have been undetectable for the past seven years, probably, I would say seven years, but I have had HIV for the last 10 years as of September. I actually found out that I was HIV positive through a whole nother situation. I, like, I didn't even think it was possible for me to, I had, I had gotten sick and like, I just, I couldn't figure out what was going on and I couldn't shake it. And I had these lesions in my rectum that were coming up and I went to the ER because it got so painful to the point that I couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to the doctor and I'll never forget. It was a horrible experience because the doctor just kind of looked at me and was like, you have warts and like just walked out of the room. And I was like, I have what? Like, no, this ain't right. So then I went to a different doctor um, and she prescribed me something that was meant to um, melt off warts. Mm -hmm. Long story short, they weren't warts. Sure. They were skin tags, mm -hmm. which later down the road I learned is common for somebody who is HIV and hasn't been treated and has had it for a little while. Sure. So I had had it for about six months before I found out. To be honest with you, it was common. Yeah. Unless somebody's on a regular testing schedule and something happens, it's generally about six months. It takes that long to like show up in your blood system because the testing that we're doing is testing for your antibodies. You have to like, your body has to start recognizing the virus before it can show up. So if at any point in time you're giving yourself guilt about that six months, don't. Oh, because no. there's no, I, like outside of getting, I mean, even still, if you got tested every three months, you're getting tested once during that six month process. I was 19. I was very fresh to the gay scene. Well, not that fresh, but a little fresh. Um, you were young. I was young. <laughs> and I did not realize that there were people out there living with HIV who did not disclose their status. I never thought that was a possible thing. Like, I didn't think it would happen to me. It, it's just one of those things you think it's not, it, it couldn't happen to me. Someone would clearly tell me if they yes. had HIV before Somebody would have sex. told me this. Yeah. And like, back then I had a very naive and almost ignorant stance on HIV because if somebody said, hey, I'm HIV positive, I would turn them down. Yeah. Because I didn't know better. I went to the doctor and that happened and that made it even worse. And it was like literally melting my rectum off. And so she stopped that medication and she ran like a full blood lab. And she came in and I'll never forget it because it was so weird. She started with, okay, so all of your tests came back negative except for you tested positive for HIV. I'm like, wait, you just said everything came back negative. You sure about that? Like, can we have better wording? <laughs> I just remember everything going blank after that, like not really hearing a word she said after that. Like, 
I was so lost and confused. I'm 19. I'm sitting in this doctor's office by myself, not having a clue what's going to happen. And to me, the, the public school system does not teach you much about HIV. I didn't know anything. I thought I was going to die. I thought this was the end. I went home and I definitely fell into a very depressed state. And they were like encouraging me to get on antiretroviral medication. And I just remember laying in bed for like two weeks. And when I finally went to the doctor, I had gotten down to 90 pounds. And you're not short. Yeah, no. So I'm 5'9". So picture somebody 5'9 at 90 pounds. I was skinny. I was tiny. And I was sick. And I was like, didn't know what to do. Then they prescribed me a medication. It made me sick. It made me physically sick. It literally felt like the feeling of being drunk. Like, you know, that warm feeling when you drink out too much alcohol and you're like warm all over. I've never experienced that. (laughs) (laughs) That um, it was that like hot flash feeling of alcohol every day. And I would get up constant throw up. So then they switched me and they were like, well, maybe you need to take it at night and sleep through the side effects. And then I couldn't sleep. And they kept me on it. And finally, I just stopped taking it because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I didn't like the doctor that I had. I just stopped taking it. I got really skinny again, and I got really sick again. It kind of took for me to almost knock at death's door for me to realize, like, okay, I need to quit playing with this. Like, this isn't something to play about. It won't get better on yeah, its own. Yeah, it's not getting better it, on You're not going to hit a plateau to where you feel normal again. Like, it's going to consistently. Yeah, and I look back. I can see pictures of myself, and I'm like, that was that's rough to look at when I look at pictures of me when I was that tiny. I definitely like younger generations who have reached out to me and I show them those pictures and I'm like, this is what you don't want to happen. This is what you don't want to look like. It was definitely hard to come to grips with. It took until I got into case management for me to really understand the life I was capable of while living positive. A positive status is is not what it was in the 90s. Correct. And, I just told um, somebody that today. <laughs> I, every day. We're yeah. telling people that every day. I, I am HIV negative. My partner is HIV positive. And, and so it can be a scary world to live in, but trusting the medicine is the best advice I can give to anyone, whether they're HIV positive or negative. If they're HIV negative, trust the PrEP medication. You don't have to be a promiscuous party person to qualify to be on PrEP. Anybody who wants to get on PrEP can get on PrEP to protect themselves and to keep their status negative. So trust that science. Also, on the other hand, trust the science of your ART medications. You know, if that's what the doctor in the world is telling you, like, you can live a fully happy and productive life if you just take these, find the right medications that work for your body and take them and trust them. Yeah, and it took, it definitely took for me to get to a doctor who I felt like heard me and was listening to me. They were like, okay, well, I think that the medication they have you on is dated to begin with, and we need to find you a new medication. They put me on a new medication, and everything has been fine since then. I've been on that medication. I don't have any problems from it, and it's been amazing, and I've now been undetectable for the past seven years. Congratulations. That's very cool. Um, Yeah, so it sounds like you had a couple different barriers to getting care. Yes. (laughs) You're in the room, you're getting treated for things you're not needing to get treated for. I like to say this as often as possible. When you go to the doctor and you say, this is what's going on wrong with me, um, you know the most about your sexual health history and your lifestyle. So when the doctor says, oh, I don't really think we need to run those tests, 
make sure you go in with an informed situation of like, okay, so I am, um, you know, me, my name's Wes, you know, so if I'm in there, I'm saying, you know, I, I have sex with other men, I'm in a relationship with a man. So those are things that I probably want to tell my doctor or like have the conversation. And then you can tell immediately if that doctor is going to be like, okay, cool. This is what we need to do for you. Or, all right, cool. Fine with me. Cause then you know that they're not as up to speed and it's unfortunate, yes. but like making sure that your doctor is up to speed and knows how to talk to you in ways that make sense to you. Um, and that are appropriate to you. Because if you go into a doctor at your primary care and you just get labs run, Nine times out of ten, HIV is not something that they test for. Correct. You have to ask. And so it's crazy for me to think that you at 19 were super underweight, very, you know, really skinny, sitting in the doctor's office complaining about these things, and then not at one point in time did the doctor think, okay, well, maybe this, this, and this. You know, yeah. so I'm curious to know if you're interested in sharing where where did you go the first time that you went in and you had you know you were um, complaining about your lesions and pain. And then did you go somewhere else or did you just switch doctors? Like what changed for you that you got started getting um, a better experience? I actually was in the emergency room in Alt Memorial. That was whenever I got that doctor. And it was so dismissive and it was so like, like I felt so disgusting and like I was a waste of his time and like he couldn't be bothered with me. They discharged me and they gave me the information to find a primary care physician. So I go to this primary care doctor and she's investigating the situation, and she gives me the cream to do all of that. The melt-off, right? Yeah, the yeah. melt-off. Yeah. And then whenever she realized that that she was melting away just my rectum and not anything specifically, she decided, she was like, we should run. A, she was like, when was the last time you were tested for STIs? And I was like, never. I'm not really that sexually active. Like, I was 19. I was sexually active, but I wasn't extremely sexually active, I think. I had had like four partners by that point in my life. And she was like, well, we're just going to do a full STI screening just to be sure. That's just how I found out. Like she, yeah. she was so nonchalant with her delivery. It was almost like, why am I shocked? Like you should have known. Mm-hmm. It, that's, that's the vibe that put, I got. And it, did it put shame on you or did it feel like she was trying to do that? Or how did that make you feel? It, it, she didn't make me feel shameful or anything. Just was a very nonchalant like, Oh, I thought you would have assumed that this was the problem. Or a possibility. Yeah, or a possibility. And I'm like, no, no, I did not see this as a possibility. I thought maybe you were going to tell me like I had something that I was going to take a few pills and we were going to move forward. Yeah, Yeah, like I've never had an STD before, so I I didn't know I was going to get the big whammy at first. 32 before I had my first STD. See? Wild and crazy. Not living the dream. Got to start young. Um... (laughs) For that to be the first thing that I ever got, like I didn't get a, a warning to make me slow down or anything like that. It just was, nope, you got HIV. Then the process of elimination of where did I contract it? Yeah, and having to like track all of your um, sexual encounters. Yeah, and having to notify all of them and be like, um, I tested positive for HIV. Long story short, I found out that the person that had gave it to me, I had been dating a few months prior, and we had dated off and on for quite some time, had a history of this, had done it to multiple people at that time. Whenever I confronted him about it and said, how could you do this? Like, why would you do this to me? And his response was, I figured if I gave it to you, you would stay. I literally just didn't know what to do with that. And I wish you would have prepared me for that response. Um, 
it, it, it was a moment for me and I had to make a choice and I decided that, that I didn't, that person didn't care enough about me for me to stay in this relationship. Say it one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that person did not care. Unfortunately, not everybody has that mindset. Some people stay because they think that's the only way they're going to find love. That's the only way they're going to find love. And I literally looked at him and said, I would rather live my life alone than to be with somebody who chose to purposely infect me with something that could have potentially killed me. Because if I did, if I wouldn't have got tested, I never would have known. Right. Yeah. A lot to unpack. there. <laughs> it's so funny that people like are open to talking about their status and they yeah. are interested in talking about it. What is your like, it was then that I started like thinking and caring for myself. Definitely. There were some conversations that should have happened. And some of those conversations did happen. And you have to realize that unless you see it in black and white for yourself, you can't take somebody's word. You know, you you want to because you might care about this person or you have a potential interest in this person and you want to take their word and be like, okay, well, they told me they're negative. But encourage them to go, let's go get tested together before we do this. Date night. Yeah, (laughs) like date night. And I know that we live in a realm of, you know, especially when I was younger, I know that not everybody's trying to date. Sometimes it's a one night only situation. Yeah, you got to meet people where they're at. Some people are not in the the space for a relationship. They just want to hook up. So with that, you have to, I was taught this after being tested positive, treat everybody like they have HIV. And when I say that, meaning protect yourself whenever you sleep with anybody the same way you would regardless. Practice safe sex. Make sure you're on prep. Um, Like all of my gay kids and my drag kids, I make them get on prep. Like that is something that I'm very... You want to be in the house, you got to get on prep. That I'm very adamant about it because some of them are a little promiscuous. Some of them have done things that like, I'm like... You, you don't understand. I've lived this and you're young enough that I don't want you to go through this. I realized at probably 21 that I would spend more of my life with HIV than I ever will without. You know, somebody just turned 100. I, and I think that that's amazing. Like, yeah. th- that's so amazing. And also what's amazing is like these cases of them being able to cure HIV. It's, it's been amazing. And I think that we have a long way to go. There's new medical advancements that are becoming more accessible. People being able to now, instead of having to take, if you're HIV positive, having to take a pill every day, you can get a shot now. That's what my partner does. Yeah, and I'm almost there. Um, I recently like had a big pneumonia scare, and it took a long time for me to get better, but after the healing process and all of that, and then getting caught up on my vaccines... I will eventually be able to start the shot process. So awesome. I'm excited about that. I know that that has changed my partner's like quality of life immensely. Outside of keeping that doctor's appointment every two months, there is no daily, outside of your own mental head, there's no daily reminder that you're living with HIV. Yeah, and that pill is a daily reminder it, yeah. every time and it you can be it. really hard for your stigma and or for your stigma on yourself because I know like I wake up every morning take my prep, brush my teeth, and I'm good. And But I'm starting my day with, like, I'm choosing myself, I'm taking care of myself. But it's hard sometimes for some people to, like, look at that medication, you know, their ART medication, and say, like, beat themselves up about it and look at it like, uh, I'm taking this so I can have another 75 years, you know, versus <laughs> I'm taking this because I was in a, had an unfortunate incidence. And because, so if you 
flip the narrative of why you're taking it. That helps a lot sometimes too. Absolutely. And if you're somebody like me, I used to drink a lot because I worked in the bar scene. I've recently quit. Same. <laughs> I, recently, I have not quit. <laughs> it's okay. And I support everybody who <laughs> still drinks um, and I still have fun with them and I hang out with them and I'll do shots of Red Bull or Coke. And now um, Rehab Now carries zero proof um, I saw that. options that they got just for me. So um, now I can do like shots of tequila. That is zero proof. And I love that. I would go home and forget to take my pill. Yeah. Like I know that like if I got really drunk, um, it was going to make me sick if I took the pill. So I'd have to like finagle it or take it a different time. And yeah. then you're dealing with side effects and you're in the middle of the show and you're having side effects from your pill and yeah. all of that. And it is um, less than enjoyable. Yes, it is definitely less than we'll enjoyable. We'll say that. And I got scared that at some point if I kept that pattern that this pill was going to stop working. And so I had to make some lifestyle choices. Because if you take your pills, stop taking your pills, take yeah. your pills, stop taking your pills, your body can develop um, an, Im- an immunity. immunity to that medication. And then you have to switch the medication. Correct. So being on HIV medication and stopping it is actually detrimental to the process. Correct. And I think that that shot changes that whole narrative and you don't have to worry about, okay, when I get home, I have to take this pill. Or when I get up, I have to take this pill. You get that shot when you go to your regular appointment and you're done. And you're, you're already good. going to those appointments. Yeah, you're already going to be there and you're good. You're ready to go. Like, And for me, like a shot is nothing because I do hormone injectables. So right. I'm used to getting a shot. Uh, put a shot in my butt every two weeks. So right. <laughs> nothing new there. Um, I will say that you will probably be very, very tired afterwards. So when you have your appointments, make sure that you have the rest of the day to like sit on the couch and chill and just have like a self-care day, Yeah, which seems like the right thing to do when you're going in for your appointments anyways. Oh yeah. Um, Next Thursday I go in, um, they tried to do it. Did I go yesterday? Tuesday. They wanted to do all these vaccines. And I said, um, can we do this next week? (laughs) Like that they're giving me like five of them at once. And I'm like, okay, we're going we're gonna to have to wait till next week to put all these in my body. Yeah. I think the last time I was at the doctor, it was flu shot, yep. the second dose of monkeypox, three vials of blood for my um, HIV and STI testing, all that stuff. And I was like, are we done here? Oh. <laughs> so I cannot fathom. I have um, to do flu, monkeypox, booster, pneumonia. You got a list. Are they giving you a punch card? You get your next one or something? I'm like, what do I get out of this? Um, But my doctor did. He was like, he sent me a message today before I came here, and he was like, let's get this all done because now I've developed a vitamin D deficiency and um, from being sick, and I also he noticed my cholesterol is kind of high. It's not scary high, but he's like, we're going to do a little diet change, put you on a vitamin D once a week get you better he was like I don't want one of my favorite patients getting sick and being in here again because he's seen right. more of me this year than I would like to you have, have seen definitely him. had the health scenarios <laughs> yes. this year <laughs> yes you have again chastity thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me please stay tuned because we have our first official role model story spotlight featuring chastity valentino that will specifically highlight her journey of finding out that she was hiv positive what she did to get on the correct medications, and what she did to be seven years undetectable. So please stay tuned for our next episode of the Snatched Podcast coming soon. And remember, knowing Knowing your status status is sexy. I love it. Thank you, Chastity. Thank you for having me.